0: Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. We've started a new series. A, a series is a theme on, um, as, on, a, on as a church, what we're going to be sharing on over the next few weeks. And so it's all about turning the tables, to turn the tables. And in Matthew chapter 1, it's where the account where Jesus cleansed the temple by turning the tables, and he drove out all the corrupt. Actually, that temple was known as Herod's temple. And Jesus made a whip, and he drove out, and he turned the tables, and he says, "My house shall be called a house of prayer." When we bring it into the New Testament as followers of Christ. We know that our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We house the Holy Spirit. We are the house. And Jesus came for that very reason, to flip the tables of our heart. We have received a supernatural heart transplant once we have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit lives inside us. And He's freed us because of that from the effects of sin and idol worship when we yield and surrender and submit to His Lordship. So let's pray first as I continue on. Are you ready to hear the Word this morning? Because I'm very excited to be delivering the Word this morning. I'm containing myself up to now. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, I want to thank You for Your Word. We worship You and our worship is always for You. It's only for You, but the Word is for us, Lord. And I pray Lord that You will move on every heart this morning, every single one of us, especially me. I need it more than anyone Lord that You would speak to us through Your Word and that You would help us move from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, because You are always moving in our lives. And we are here because we're not here just to sit on a seat, but we want to be transformed by Your Word. And we don't want to leave this place unless we've met with You. So speak to us individually, Lord, and help us on this journey of life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Praise God. So the journey of our heart is always primarily to get closer to God. Some of you are on the beginning of this journey and some of us have been on this journey for 30 plus years. But regardless, until Jesus comes back or we go to be with Jesus, we are all on this journey of getting closer and closer to God. God's laws are no longer on tablets of stone, but they are written on our hearts. They speak to us. And you know, it's interesting, there are uh, over 700 passages of Scripture that relate to our heart because He's given us a new heart that beats as one with Him. I love that fact that He has put His heart in us. And as we prepare to the lead up of Pentecost Sunday, this morning I want to talk about having a heart on fire. Disciples asked Jesus this question, what is the most important commandment? Because in the law there was 10 commandments. And Jesus summed it up this way in Matthew 22. He said, Jesus answered him and said, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like in its importance, you must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Jesus said, The entire law, the law that's on our hearts now, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You see, as our hearts are set vertically to get closer to God, it flows out horizontally here on earth. The closer we get to God, the more we get God's heart, the more we get God's heart for the people around us. God says a lot about the heart of a person. He said to Samuel, man looks at the outer as he was choosing King David, but God looks at our heart. It's God that looks at our heart. Because man looks on the outer, let's face it. You know, man looks on the outer, but it's God that looks at our heart. To King David, God said, he was a man after my own heart. And our primary pursuit as followers of Christ to be a man or a woman that is known as as a woman or man after God's own heart. So if God looks at our heart, then we really need to have a greater look on the condition of our heart. Don't you think? You know, it sounds morbid, but with a blink of an eye, if someone's heart fails a natural heart, they cease this life. My dad at 50, that's what happened to him. In a minute, he just ceased this life. But you know, your spiritual heart affects you in the same way. Because it's actually where life starts. The life in the blood stops flowing spiritually. Proverbs 4:23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. How many of us know sometimes we've got issues? It's just me, right? No? Sometimes we've got issues, right? Message paraphrase says keep vigilant watch over your heart for that's where life starts. See, the state of your heart is the state of your life. And if our spiritual heart is not healthy, the rest of us is not healthy. It affects your whole life. You can be physically living for a time, but you can have a fatal heart condition. Bible says in the last days, people's hearts will fail them. And God is warning us, people of God, to be vigilant, to watch over our own spiritual heart, not someone else's heart, our own spiritual heart and not allow the issues to contaminate our hearts. We must watch what we feed our hearts. Be careful what you allow to take residence in your heart, in your soul, because it's where your mind, will and emotions live. Otherwise, it's going to affect your heart. It starts in your thinking. That's where your mind, will, and emotions are, and then it starts to penetrate into your heart. See, your heart is the seat of your emotions. It is where your motives and intentions reside. That's where we read Hebrews four twelve. You know, a special, special woman who's now gone to be in heaven, Barbara Warner, um, Charmaine's mum, who I. Called a spiritual mother. She said this to me and it has not left. It says, The heart is where the soul and spirit meet. So, what voice is speaking louder right now? Let me say that again. The heart is where the soul and the spirit meet. So, what voice is speaking louder to you right now? It's why we. We cannot ignore this. We need, with all, need to be with all vigilance, guard and watch over our hearts and not allow fear, anxiety, bitterness, discouragement, resentment, hopelessness, despondency take root in our heart. You know, there will be times when these emotions and this thinking comes up, but we must make sure that we weed it out and not let it take root in our hearts. It is gonna pop up. You are gonna have opportunities. Let's face it, we live in this life, but not allowing it to take root in our hearts. As we're looking at the parable, the sower sows the word in Mark 4, and I'm not going to read it because of time, got a lot to get through. But Jesus talks about the four soils of our heart. Jesus says if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any other parable. So if He's saying that, it must be important for us to really understand. And when Jesus spoke this parable to the multitudes, He was speaking to farmers who understood what this parable actually meant. But then He took His disciples aside and interpreted to it. But why did He interpret it? I believe He interpreted it because He wanted us to get it, so we wouldn't lose this opportunity to understand what He was saying to us. He says, For the hard and rocky soil heart, receive God's Word with gladness of heart. Don't allow the fowl of the air, Satan, to snatch the Word of God from your heart so it can be hardened. For the shallow soil heart, Make sure you put Jesus on the throne of your heart. Make sure He is Lord of your life. And if there are areas in your life that are not surrendered to God, surrender to Him. He said, For the thorny soil heart, you must continue to weed out your heart by feeding it with God's Word. Weed out those cares and those worries and the lure of materialism, worldly pleasures, because worldly pleasures are only for a short time. Don't allow these issues of life to contaminate the soil of your heart. And then he talks about the fertile soil, the faith-filled heart. In verse 20, he says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60 or even 100 times as much that had been planted. And the question we want to ask ourselves is, am I going to yield 30, 60 or 100 fold? And you know, for me, I'm saying I want it all. I want 100 fold because the quality of my heart will determine the quantity of my harvest in my life. Now, if we are truly honest with ourselves, all four soils represent our own heart condition at some point in our time along this journey. Hosea ten twelve said, I said, Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plough up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that He may come and shower righteousness upon you. God is calling us to break up the fellow ground, Plough up the hard ground, the rocky, the shallow and the thorny ground, the areas of sin and compromise, of apathy and indifference, of religion and all forms of deadness in our lives. We are here to weed out anything that makes your spiritual heart weak before there's a fatal heart condition. Because let's face it, life's not promised to anyone tomorrow. He wants us to weed out those areas in our own heart, not someone else's heart, in our own heart. This is the starting point to having a heart on fire. You know, since I've been saved now, 35 years now, you know, I have... And and through my pastoring, I have prayed for revival. I've cried out for revival for our city and for our land. But you know what? Revival first starts in our own hearts. It's birthed and bathed in prayer. It's where tears flow, snot comes out. We pray in tongues and we travail in God. And over the years, my heart has been revived. It's been set on fire. But life has a way of snuffing things out, don't you think? That's why we need the ongoing outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, never, we are never satisfied with yesterday's oil. We need today's oil. God loves you and He's after your heart. But we got to remember this, both God and Satan is after your heart. They're both after your heart. The state of your heart is the state of your life. So we're gonna have a, 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 a healthy checkup of our heart this morning. You ready for this? Have I only got five minutes? No, that's wrong. <laughs> because to have a healthy life, we must have a healthy spiritual heart. We need a heart checkup every now and then to overcome the issues Anyone got issues this morning? Come on, put your hand up if, if you have. I don't want to be the only one here, right? Because <laughs> what you don't work out, you will act out. And I want to go deeper this morning. I'm going to talk about four heart conditions. And they're ouchy ones because as I was preparing, they were ouchy for me. So I hope they're ouchy for you because otherwise I'm the only one. The first one is the lukewarm heart. In Revelations chapter 3, it's very clear that God does not like a lukewarm heart. He said, I'd rather you hot or cold, but just don't be lukewarm. See, a lukewarm heart is indifferent, is complacent, is apathetic in their walk with God. And the Spirit of God spoke to me as I was preparing. He says, "My people have binged on, on watching. They've binged like Netflix. They've been. They pray for revival. They talk about revival. They even watch revival. But when something else comes along that distracts them, they forget about revival." (laughs) And Matthew six twenty one says, "Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will be also." So in other words, if you love anything or anyone, your spouse, your kids, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, more than you love God, you're lukewarm. Jesus said you must love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with every energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. In other words, God wants all of you. He wants all of your heart. He is a jealous God. He created you. You are His maker. He saved you. He is a jealous God. And if God is not Lord of all, then He's not Lord at all. It's not just a saying. Jesus must be everything. He must be your friend. He must be your confidant. He must be your Saviour. He must be King over everything in your life. In the last days, in Matthew 24, it says, sin will be rampant everywhere. How many of us know we are in the last days? Whether it's 10 years time, tomorrow and 100, we are in the last days. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold, but the one... Come on, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Let Don't let the enemy steal your first love. If you have lost your first love, today you have an opportunity to make Him Lord of all your life today. If your heart has grown cold towards God, I want you to pray this... T- Right now, together with me. Repeat after me. Lord, I am sorry. sorry. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Lord, I'm sorry. For not making You my first love. For not putting You on the throne of my heart. And today I make You my first love. And that's where You will always remain. Like King David said in the prayer in Psalm 51, Point out anything in me that offends you. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Don't take your presence away from me because I need your presence, Lord. Second heart is a wounded heart that's infected by hurt. It's a bleeding heart. And you know you're wounded because what comes out of your mouth? Matthew 12, 34 says, for out of the abundance of God's, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I often use this analogy that if you squeeze a toothpaste jar, what comes out? Toothpaste. If the squeeze is on you, what comes out of your mouth is a good. Now, if you are in a safe place, and with a safe person and things start to come out, sometimes it's good to know what's in your heart and you realise what's in you, it's not good. And we need people like that. But if what's coming out of your mouth is not good, it's time to get a heart checkup. Because the problem with a wounded, bleeding heart left untreated, it attracts the enemy. Demons are attracted to the wounded heart like sharks are attracted to blood in water. The most dangerous animals in the world are animals that are wounded. And it's just the same with people. Wounded people are the same. Hurting people hurt people. And you know you're wounded when you bring up something that's happened 20 years ago. When the Bible says love keeps no record of wrong. Sometimes we forget that we have wounded and hurt people. We all need forgiveness, right? A jail warden spends most of his life in jail with prisoners. So don't allow the ones that have hurt you to keep you in prison too. Whether you've been lied about, betrayed, unforgiveness left unchecked will turn to bitterness and will prison you. Rehearsing the hurt in your mind will make your mind go in a loop. You'll become a prisoner of your mind. We, that's when we've got to speak out and confess things because you cannot conquer a thought with a thought. If you've been around me long enough, you know I say it all the time. You cannot conquer a thought with another thought. You've got to speak it out. Pull down every proud argument that does not exalt the, the Lord thy God in our minds. Arrest those thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God and meditate on Philippians 4.8. Think on things that are true that are noble, are just, are pure, are lovely and of good report. Let's not allow the devil to get a foothold in our life like Ephesians 4.27 tells us. We're not called to trust everyone, but we are commanded to love and forgive everyone. Trust is built over time and believable behaviour, but we are commanded to love and forgive everyone. This has been my declaration. More recently, I can't write a new chapter of life until I stop rereading the last one. So I will not rehearse it. I will not nurse it. I will disperse it so God can reverse it. We are here to get better, not bitter, right? Forgiveness frees you from the prison and the chains of your past and what's in your mind. So forgiving others is a choice we make, but really it's a choice. we When we know the truth, we really don't have a choice. It's not a feeling, it's by faith at times. And until we actually start to really feel it and understand it, it is a faith thing sometimes. And it's the only way to live because the state of your heart Is the state of your life. And if you are wounded, it's time to confess to God and say to Him, My heart is wounded. Recognizing that you are wounded is the first step to your healing journey. Psalm 147 3 says, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart because God wants to turn every hurt into a healing. He wants to strengthen your heart in His presence and He wants to release that hurt and allow the healer to come in today. Let's not forget that we have all hurt people, that we have all wounded people. If we want God to forgive us, then we need to forgive others, amen? Then the third one is the hardened heart. A hardened heart is a disobedient heart. It's wounded heart that has bled out and has drawn the enemy in. The heart that rejects God in all sufficiency, his strength that is made perfect in our weakness. The problem with a hard heart is you build a wall around your heart because you don't want to get hurt anymore. And you've allowed the enemy in. But what happens is not only have you built the wall, but not even God can get into your heart because you've got the wall around it. A hardened heart can actually become judgmental. A hard heart judges people for their sins, and you know they even put people's sins in categories and levels. Oh, that's a really bad one. Mine's okay, but that one's a really bad one. (laughs) That's not what God says. Yes, there's greater consequences for certain sins, but in God's eyes, sin is sin. King David was a man after God's own heart yet he committed adultery and murder. (laughs) The difference with David was he was quick to repent. He had a repentant heart. He didn't take a month to repent. You know what? That doesn't give us a license to sin. By all means, it's talking about having a repentant heart and being quick to repent. What does repent mean? A change of heart, mind and direction. See, the unrepentant heart will only find a dark end to the road. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. What? Not my heart, of course not. But it is a true statement that you're only as sick as the secrets you keep in your heart. We forget that God knows your hearts. God knows you from the inside. He knows everything about you. You can't keep a secret from Him. The Bible says that we are to submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from our lives. If you are resisting the devil and he's not fleeing, maybe we haven't submitted the area in our life to God for that freedom. And that's where sometimes we need someone else to pray with us. Prayer ministry, we call it. And sometimes we need someone to stand with us. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Are you getting something this morning? This was an ouchie for me. I hope it's an ouchie for you. There is no shame in this. We need His grace and His mercy. But we also need to give grace and mercy too. Let's be quick to repent and ask God to forgive us. Fourthly, it's the broken heart. This is is the heart that God wants us all to have. It's not the broken heart in what you think it is. It's a heart on fire who burns for God runs to him who is not satisfied with the status quo or playing nice church do we have any broken hearts here this morning Psalm 51:17 says the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit you will not reject a broken and repentant heart you know the broken heart becomes God's clay in your life A yielded, surrendered heart is the way God deals with our independence, our complacency, our pride, our rebellion and our self-sufficiency. God is looking for a people who are not perfect, but who are humbled, who are yielded and who are surrendered their lives to Him, who have placed their faith and their righteousness in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. See, we never have a hearing problem when we are submitted and yielded and surrendered to God. We never have a problem hearing from God. We never have a problem retaining God's Word when we are surrendered and yielded and submitted to God. We never have a problem sensing His anointing and His presence when we are submitted and yielded and surrendered to God. A broken spirit is where He wants us. When we cry out and pray, break my heart for what breaks yours. He does break your heart, what breaks His as well. Paul says this in Galatians 5, lay down our pride, lay down our ego, lay down our selfishness. We become dead to self and alive to Christ when we lay down those things. There are two acronyms for ego. You can have one or the other. You can have exalting God only or edging God out. Which one do you want? I know about I know what I want. I want to exalt God only. I want that kind of ego. Let's not edge God out in our lives. Matthew 10:38 says, "He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me." To follow is a verb. It's a doing word. There's no such thing as standing still in God. We have been justified by faith. We are being sanctified. It's an ongoing process. I've been doing this journey for 35 years. I'm still being sanctified to be glorified. We are here because we want to change from glory to glory. And this is how He transforms us into His likeness. This is how He breaks our stubborn hearts because there's never any transformation without pain, without personal pain. It's not being satisfied where we are. We are saying whatever you need to do in me, just do it so I can get out of the way and you can do the work in me. A broken heart offers worship, responds in prayer, serves God and others. God wants to put fire on it. He wants, wants to put power in it. Let our prayer be, break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. See, a broken heart carries a big heart for God. And we enlarge when we exalt Jesus, when we elevate people and we evangelise the world around us. Let's pursue Jesus with all of our heart and let's pray for God to set us on fire for Him. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.